Hi, my name is John Kim, and I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth. I share my feelings and revelations. I believe in casual or clinical and with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So I started running live Zoom groups during COVID as a way to help people get out of their heads and process some stuff, but also to build a community where we could champion each other's stories. It's called the TAT Lab, and that has grown into a thriving community now where we have life coaches and therapists all running multiple classes a day, everything from codependency to relationships. I run a giant check-in once a week. I'm also doing a group couples class, everything from trauma to chakras, and and it's constantly changing. And one of the reasons why it's called the lab is because uh, we are playing in our sandbox. And something that I'm super passionate about is helping people in a casual way. So it's more casual over clinical. Um, We have a great time and we have an amazing community. And also it's extremely affordable. So check us out. There's no better time to grow than right now. Go to my Instagram at The Angry Therapist and click on my bio link and we will see you in group. The word narcissist gets thrown around so much these days and I think it's partly due to our selfie-driven world. Social media has given everyone a pass to say, look at me. And also um, our like swipe culture, turning people into salad dressing and you can pick a different flavor at any time. People are now disposable. Love is now delivered, just like everything else today. And so I feel like we are extremely impatient and disconnected. And I think that technology has given us a throne and a magic mirror that is rechargeable. So I just want you to know that the word narcissist, (laughs) I think more uh, today than ever before, is partly being thrown around just because of the world that we live in. I was thinking about my upbringing and how many photos I have, and I think I I I, I, I mean, although my parents are are um, are Asian, and I know it's a stereotype, but come on, let's get real. Asian people love taking photos; it's a thing. And um, my dad had a camera; never really took photos of us. And um. Today, if you think if you if you think about the amount of photos that you have is I mean depending on how old you are, but if you're my age, um, I have a handful of photos from when I was a kid, uh, maybe a couple photo albums. Holy shit! Today, the amount of photos is, I mean, it's like the difference between the size of Earth and the Sun. You know, it's exponential. And so, um, how can there not be a little bit of narcissism when we are taking so many photos of ourselves? But I want to point out there's a difference between narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies, which I'm talking about, and straight-up narcissistic personality disorder. And this is why it's important that we don't that when we're throwing the word around, we're careful about it, right? So according to the DSM, uh, narcissistic personality disorder, that is something that is defined as uh, compromising, or, or not compromising, I'm sorry, comprising a persuasive pattern of grandiosity, right? Uh, a constant need for ad- admiration and a lack of empathy. That's really important. And it begins in early adulthood. And I want to italicize the word adult- adulthood because most teenagers are inherently narcissistic, <laughs> 
that's just the stage they're in, right? So you 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 can't call um, you can't tell a seventeen year old that she has a narcissistic personality disorder. This is for adults, and so out of these nine traits, you have to possess five to qualify under um, having a, a narcissistic personality disorder, and of course. You have to be, you have to be a therapist or a or someone qualified in the mental health field to diagnose someone of a narcissistic personality disorder. You can't just say that someone has one because you believe they do. So here are the nine, and you need five of these traits: a grandiose sense of self-importance, a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, ideal love. Um, a belief that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people or institutions. A need for excessive admiration, a sense of entitlement, um, a lack of empathy, interpersonally explo- uh, exploitative behavior, exploitative behavior. I can't spoke anymore, guys. I don't know what's wrong with me. As I get older... Or maybe it's because I write so much. I just, I, my speaking is all fucked up. I don't even know how you uh, listen to my podcast. Envy of others or a belief that others are envious of him or her. And finally, a demonstration of arrogant behaviors or attitudes. Now, a narcissistic or someone with a narcissistic personality disorder uh, has five, at least five of these traits. And... Here's the other thing. It has to be consistent. It can't be like your <laughs> your friend who is overworked and underpaid uh, decides to make it about herself this weekend because it's her birthday, and you're like, oh, she's so narcissistic. No, that's that's not a narcissistic personality disorder. <laughs> Those are not <laughs> that may be a narcissistic uh, tendency. Okay, but now I do believe that um, you don't have to technically have a narcissistic personality disorder to be abusive. So if you have tendencies and they're consistent, then you could be abusive, you know? And so this is why I think the word narcissist um, resonates so much because I think a lot of people have found themselves in relationships where their partner had consistent narcissistic tendencies, and so here are, are five or six that I'm going to spit out, and I want you to think about them and ask yourself if they were present in your last relationship or in the relationship that you are in now. Um, or if you're not in a relationship, um, ask yourself if you've experienced friendships or other relationships with um, someone who, who are cons- consistently um, doing these things. So one is this person doesn't hear you meaning they don't create a space to actually hear what you're saying. I mean, they may listen, but they're coming back with um, how they could change your opinion or control your view or get you to see the world through their eyes, okay? Two, they can't take criticism. So if you give someone criticism and they can never take it, there's no room for them to actually like see themselves or grow. So that's a narcissistic tendency. Three, rules won't apply to them. They're special. Uh, Four, they're never wrong. Five, they 
don't take ownership. And this one's really big because if someone doesn't own, that means it's pretty much impossible to grow. I mean, the way that we grow is we um, learn something. We, we, we own, I mean, we, we learn by owning what we've done or what we've said or the mistake that mistakes that we've made, right? Our shortcomings, we look at that, we own them and then we grow from them. And that's the process, right? That's our, 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 our uh, evolution, our way of expanding. So if someone never takes ownership, their growth is stunted. And then I think the sixth one um, is they don't practice empathy. And this is huge. Um, narcissists or uh, people with narcissistic tendencies, they don't have the ability to be empathetic. And if you're not empathetic, how, I mean, how do you build trust and do life with someone? You know, because people who are not empathetic are going to do life at you, not with you. So think about that. Are they or were they not hearing you, not able to take criticism, um, thought that rules don't apply to them, were never wrong, never took ownership, and didn't practice empathy? Now, if they were and they were doing this consistently, what this does is this creates a space for you or people in relationships with um, narcissistic uh, people or, or people with narcissistic tendencies, um, it, cre- it creates this, this pattern of, well, then what's wrong with me, right? It creates this, um, it sets up the relationship where you feel that, they're, that you are less than because they're putting themselves in a position where they believe they are greater than. Right. So and this is what I what I mean when I when I talk about um, relationships being lopsided. So it doesn't matter if it's a friendship or an intimate relationship. Uh, this is where the damage happens, because if you uh, start to believe that you're less than uh, what's happening is they're, they're 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 whether they know it or not, they're tearing down your worth, you know, by like b- because of their ego and their uh, narcissism. Um, you are now stripped of who you are, and there's no space that's created for you to grow and thrive and, and become. Instead, there's a, a ceiling placed over your head, right? You are now put into a box. And so this is where uh, it can be abusive emotionally. So if you have experienced that, um, I think the first and most important thing is to accept that that happened, you know, and I know there's a lot of shame and guilt and blaming and um, I understand that. So what's important is that you accept that what's happened and that you were in this kind of relationship and that it was abusive, but you really have to not blame yourself. And this is what's really important is that it doesn't mean that you were stupid or you didn't have tools and, you know, all of that. Because I'll be honest with you, narcissists or people with narcissistic tendencies are also attractive or they can be. And the reason is because they do a lot of tap dancing and because they want the spotlight on them, they're charismatic and they're entertaining. And if you met someone at a party who was like, um, you know, as charming as uh, Robert Downey Jr., that, that may be very attractive, right? So a lot of narcissistic people are also very entertaining. Um, 
uh, you know, I mean, not only entertaining, but like, you know, uh, extroverted and charming and attractive. I mean, you, we gravitate toward these people, right? Um, and then we don't know until later, once we're in a relationship, that um, it's abusive, right? Whether they know it or not, it's not safe, it's not uh, healthy, and it's not promoting your growth. Anyway, that's the, the very first step. I think the, 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 the first domino to knock over is to accept and to know that you were in one. And then, you know, I think it's really important because uh, being in a relationship with a narcissist can feel very traumatizing. And uh, there could be a lot of, and depending on how extreme and how long that relationship was, it could be really damaging, right? So it's important that you process what happened with the therapist um, and then moving forward, Setting non-negotiables, um, sharpening your radar, knowing when you uh, are are in a you know dating a, a narcissist or when or like smelling that right, and then instead of leaning into it, protecting protecting yourself from that right, um, learning to trust again, right, um, because when you are in a relationship with a narcissist or or someone who's narcissistic, um, you could lose trust um not only in relationships and love but also with yourself right you could you could just you could you could stop believing that you have the ability to pick someone healthy so learning to trust again i think is a big um a big step and that's a process of course right but it's important that you don't blame yourself and it's important that you know that um, you're only 50% of any relationship. And so it, it has, this has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the dynamic of the relationship and, um, the person who has the narcissistic tendencies. Be picky on who you choose to love. Okay. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that, and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.